Hey everybody, how's it going? Um, welcome to our podcast, Flip It and Reverse It. My name is Jasmine and I am joined here today with... Chucky Cheddar. And this is a show where we force our interests upon one another. On today's episode, episode three of Flip and Reverse It, we're going to talk about some of the things that have happened in the NFL offseason since the Super Bowl ended. See, Plus, football never ends. This is the thing that I've learned. He, he says it's going to be done, and then it's still not done. Yeah, it never sleeps. So we're going to briefly <laughs> talk about what happened in the Super Bowl. Did it suck? And some of the things that happened since then. Some quarterback movement around. Uh, some guy named Mr. Big Chest. And did what? Robert Kraft go down to Florida just to get a hand job? But first... <laughs> From Big Chest, maybe. <laughs> but first, we're going to be reviewing the Captain Marvel trailer coming out in theaters ooh, ooh. this week on March 8th. So stick around. We'll be right back with our first reaction to Captain Marvel. Alrighty, guys. So we just finished watching the new Captain Marvel trailer. We watched both trailers. Um, what did you think about it, Chucky? I am just not that excited for this movie. Like, I'm trying to be because I am such a fan of all of these Marvel movies. Like, I am fanboy to the, not to the max, but to the what's whatever it was right below max. And, <laughs> and I um, won't give you that max. I reserve that for Fast and the Furious. Yeah, and so <laughs> I just um, when I'm watching this trailer, I just feel like I feel like you know Marvel is trying really hard to make this movie look cool, but I mean when you start out with blockbuster video, how can it not though? Yeah, so that's pretty cool. I mean they they try to make it set up like right from the beginning that this movie's set in the '90s. And you got the CGI on Samuel L. Jackson's face, which looks flawless, by the way. Yeah, I mean, the trailer aside, the important thing to take away here is that Samuel L. Jackson can keep doing movies for another 50 years. Yeah, easily. His, <laughs> his face looked like, it was easily like, you know, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Samuel L. Jackson, on that, on the trailer. Should just there. remake all of his old movies and be like, well, I'm a slightly better actor now. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, Captain Marvel is the 20. First movie in the MCU. Oh They've been doing this stuff since 2008 now. This is the newest iteration of their long, overarching story uh, that's supposed to tie into Avengers Endgame, which comes out in April. Um, so this is supposed to be like their, their new, like, top hero. Like, the strongest person in their entire universe. Stronger than Thor, stronger than you know, Captain America, stronger than everybody. It's supposed to be her, Carol Danvers. And for someone who's supposed to be the the top, she's not giving me any kind of, like, real... Well, she's not giving Brit. me really anything. No, no, she just seems like... She just seems so unenthused in, in like, in, in everything that I've been seeing. Like, she just kind of just, like, meh, going through the motions. Well, maybe it's an alien thing, you know? I guess. <laughs> I mean, the movie is supposed to be set... Like, you know, here on Earth, but it sounds like she, you know, might be from Earth, but she has no more memories. She winds up on a planet that's dominated by these alien race called the Kree, 
And then, it's that blue stuff they put in her. Yeah, and they inject Kree DNA into her. That's how she gets her powers. And now she fights, you know, in their war against these other shapeshifters called the Scrolls. And now this yeah. Kree Scroll War. So we get war, to beat up on old ladies. Yeah, now this Kree Scroll yep. War has now come to Earth. And so that's what this movie is supposed to be about is the Kree Scroll War has come to Earth. Carol's come here to hunt down the scrolls, and Samuel L. Jackson's trying to figure out why there are aliens coming down to Earth. I mean, if your name is Scroll, you're a scroll. We already got a popular noun that is uh, not very interesting called a scroll, so I'm not, I'm not really enthused about you either. No, this movie's given me serious, like, you know... I like her suit, though. Five out of ten vibes. I haven't seen the movie yet, obviously. It hasn't come out yet, but... I'm already not that into it. But to be fair, I wasn't that into Ant-Man when I first saw it come out. Truth. I was like, they're going to make a movie about a guy named Ant-Man. With CGI ants, <laughs> and then it, it was awesome. Paul Rudd made that, you know, that movie work, though, because besides him, that movie was kind of rough. So the question is, can, can Brie Larson make this movie work? Do she got the power? We're going to find out. We're going to find out. I'm not that into it. That's my final takeaway, but maybe it'll change my mind. I'm cautiously, tepidly happy, excited, almost. Marvel's always going to get my money at the end of the day. I'm going to show up for all of their crappy films as long as they continue to be done by the same people who've been doing all the other ones. I wish she had a mohawk. Isn't she supposed to have a mohawk? She's supposed to have a mohawk. That's that's the part I'm most upset about. They kind of paint it to, like, her hair goes up into a mohawk when she has that helmet on. Yeah, but I just wish it was mohawk all day, every day. That's we, all. That's my final parting thought. We, we might get there. But anyway, hoping for the best. I'm watching it anyway. I'm watching all the Marvel movies. But if you were on the fence about it, I would just say go see it anyway because... Marvel hasn't really made a bad movie in the last, like, six years since, like, Thor 2. So they're they're on a good streak right now. So I would say go check it out March 8th. End of story. Welcome back, everyone. This is Flip It and Reverse It, episode three. Once again, we are going to be talking about um, the NFL offseason today. Some of the things we're going to talk about later on. Uh, who got the better deal, the Broncos or the Jaguars with their new quarterback? Um, mm-hmm. What do you think about Mr. Big Chest? And did Cody <laughs> Parkey deserve to get fired? But first, we have to talk about what happened with that Super Bowl. Yeah, before we can get to the F season, we have to talk about the last bit of that season. And perhaps a moment of silence, because that was less of a Super Bowl and more of a funeral. It was pretty bad. It was so goddamn boring. I'm just glad that I got wings. Oh, wait, no, we did... Yeah, we got wings and pizza, right? Is that what we got? Yeah, we definitely got wings and pizza for that, because that was the highlight of the whole thing. Yeah, we were talking about highlight of the Super Bowl was definitely my honey barbecue wings, and I had pizza, and I had breadsticks, and I had soda, and that was lovely. That was all great. I loved it so much. Yeah, because that game itself was really boring, and it's kind of embarrassing on the NFL's part yeah. to have all that build up, all that hype, and then the thing that they put out in the field was the punt bowl. <laughs> punt city, bitch. Punt, punt city, bitch. It was terrible. It was, 
It was really bad. Like It was hard to watch. I mean, there was absolutely nothing going on the entire game. You wait two weeks after this game. You have all this media days where people talk about what's going on with this and what's going on with that and how are they going to stop their prolific Rams offense and come <laughs> to figure out they didn't need to stop anything. They didn't they, stop anything. They yeah. stopped themselves. The Rams didn't score a single on a single possession, their first seven possessions. They had to punt their first seven possessions, <laughs> which is an NFL record for complete mediocrity. Hey, if you're going to suck, at least suck at a record-breaking level, you know? Yeah, so the record-breaking level is they had the longest punt in Super Bowl history. That's, that's a record, you know? You yeah. still set one. You got in the book. Yeah. It's the back of the book where nobody signed the yearbook, but, like, you got in there. Yeah, it's the part of the book that no one's ever going to read again. And if you want to make fun of somebody, that's what you're going to do. You're like, hey, at least you're index, the longest punch. Index, C index, awful. And I feel bad right now because I know that we have some Rams fans who listen to our podcast. They reached out to us last time after <laughs> our NFL jersey episode, and they said, hey, don't be saying that about the Rams because I think, what did you call Explaining, them? The, what did you call I, them the snails? Is well, that what they, you call their, them? their helmet looks like a snail. And I, I understand now, somebody explained to me, that nobody wants it to look like a snail. It just does. And we and got some passionate Rams fans We got some passionate there. ones. L.A., we hear you, but, Let's man. just be fair going forward, though, L.A. Uh, Jared Goff's going to have to learn how to, you know, figure out defenses on his own because having Sean McVay talk to you for the first 15 seconds and telling you how to read it, the Patriots basically just waited for that 15 seconds to be over, and then they changed the look. Like, how no one else thought of that before the Super Bowl blows my mind, but the fact that it works so well also shows you just how little Jared Goff knew what he was doing the entire year. Such a silly boy. Yeah. So, my final thoughts for the Super Bowl, it was whack. I'm glad it's over. Um, And, yeah, hopefully we get something better next year. And you know what? The Saints should have been in the Super Bowl. That's what I feel about the Super Bowl. I would have liked the Chiefs been there. Well, no, I mean, it still probably would have been boring, but I really would have liked... Oh! That sounds like time's up. Okay. My lord. That is loud. That is a loud one. That is loud af. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. So that, that'll wrap it up. I would have liked to see the Chiefs there, and then there were no good commercials, and I just was happy I got wings. So on to our second topic here. <clears throat> Who got the better deal? The Broncos or the Jaguars? So, the Broncos and the Jaguars both had some pretty mediocre quarterback situations last year. The Broncos had Case Keenum. The Jaguars had Blake Bortles, which he looked like the least enthused person in the history of the NFL with the Jaguars. Um, So, this offseason, the Broncos had a chance to go out and get Nick Foles. And instead of getting Nick Foles, they decided to pick up Joe Flacco, the guy who got benched for a rookie this year <laughs> by the Ravens. This guy, if for those of you who don't know that much about Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco, since winning the Super Bowl back in 2012, has gone to only the playoffs only twice and won one game. His seasons have been 8 and 8, 10 and 6, 5 and 11, 8 and 8, 9 and 7 and 10 and 6. He has been brewing with just mehness, just complete mediocrity. And the Broncos who are struggling to find a good quarterback, they go after that guy. 
Well, I mean, it's not like they have the best history, the Broncos. It doesn't, like, they haven't had a good quarterback in a while. Not since Peyton Manning, no. They've been going through one scrub after the other. Brock Osweiler, Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch. Case Keenum, I liked him, but he just didn't get it done last year. Case Keenum? Oh, that's the guy that, yeah. No, and and they they sucked last year. And, I mean, like, okay, so Flacco was the Ravens quarterback this year. I do not remember a single Ravens game. I don't remember watching it. I don't remember if I picked them in my Pick'em League or not because I just don't remember anything about them. Right. Well, I think you had a Ravens wide receiver on your pick on your fantasy, fantasy football league, John Brown. Oh yeah. And he was so inconsistent from week to week because Flacco couldn't get him the ball. Oh, Flacco, Flack, no. Meanwhile, Nick <laughs> Foles goes eleven and three over Ooh, the past two Nick. seasons, wins four playoff games in the Casual. last two years, and a Super Bowl where as he, a second quarterback as the backup and. He outdueled Tom Brady on the biggest stage, where Tom Brady actually set the Super Bowl record for most passing yards in a Super Bowl ever, and Nick Foles still played better than him. Yeah. And you passed up that guy. Yeah. Not smart. Plus, Nick Foles is just, like, got a nice face. He's just a nice-looking dude. He looks nice. He sounds nice. He's got cute kids. Like... I'm sure he'd do great in Denver. You know? The Jaguars got the better of this deal. Obviously. They're going to be better moving forward. Time will tell, though. Maybe I'll be a Jaguars fan. I yeah. like Nick Foles. Yeah. So so what's next? Oh, let's see. What's here? Um, What do you think, Chucky, about Mr. Big Chest? So we watched this video earlier of Antonio <clears throat> Brown. Yes, we watched a video. The Antonio Brown, who is the most prolific wide receiver in the NFL the last, like, six, seven years, maybe. I mean, he's been getting, like, over 100 receptions every season, getting, like, over 1,000 yards, over 10 touchdowns. He, like, this is on an, on an every-season basis. And he got upset that he wasn't a part of the offense enough. Uh you know that joke, uh, like, how do you know someone's a vegan? Oh, don't worry, they'll tell you. <laughs> um, that's Antonio Brown, but how do you know someone's a, a diva? diva? Yeah, um, this guy, I don't even, I don't care if he's great. I don't care about any of that. I saw this video, and I just, somebody needs to tell him to get his face in line. Because he's got, he's got this, an MC Escher stare beard, mm-hmm. fucking climbing around all over the bottom of his face. He's got... This mustache is this blonde mustache now. He dyed his mustache it's, blonde. This is all I could think of when I was looking at it. It looks like, okay, when you eat like Cheetos or potato chips, etc., you get a bunch of like of orange orange crust, crust on your fingers, right? Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like maybe I ate some white cheddar Cheetos and then I just rubbed it on his upper lip. And I was like, there, let's, it, let's say that is a look. You got so much money and that's what you decided to do with your face, dude? Like, ah. Uh. And then his hair is like, he's like, I got little baby dreadlocks on the top, but then I've got like some cool stuff shaved onto the side, but it doesn't really make sense and it's not a pattern or a shape, but. It looks oh, like. It's so bad. It's so like bad. a half-assed uh, Coolio look from the 1990s, uh, for those of you who know what Coolio looks like. But 
Honestly, the best part was the 30-second YouTube video oh that my we God. watched. Where he's like, from now on, I want you to refer to me as Mr. Big Chest. And it's also like, he's also like challenging. It's like, you're, you're about to become a free agent, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, he's like challenging the people who might come on. He's like, hey, yo, yo, NFL people. I heard you all were looking for a champion for your new empire. Screw Wakanda. I am Big Chest. Uh, like, I'm like, who is... Who is fighting you? Nobody. Why are you so... I I just... This guy, I can't. And he, like, clearly had oiled himself up beforehand, too. Like, he was like, yeah, yeah, no, okay. Give me, like, sunflower oil. That's what looks real nice on my skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all these... I've been running. All these running. reality TV shows are constantly combing America, looking for the next big, you know, like, reality TV star that's going to, like, just pull in all the ratings. They don't need to go searching around no. the country. They just need to go pull people out of the NFL. They need to go pull this guy. Go get Mr. Big Chest. <laughs> Could you imagine him on, like, The Bachelorette? Oh, Could my you no. imagine how good of television oh, he would be? Also, oh, like, wait, where'd you come up with this name, son? Like, you were just like, look myself in the mirror. Oh, yeah. Mm. Well, I do have a big chest. I do work out a lot. That should yeah. be my nickname. Mm-hmm. But guy's ridiculous. No, he's, he's going to end up somewhere with a worse quarterback in a worse situation. Oh. And it's just, he's going to find out really fast how, e- how easy he had it in Pittsburgh. You know what it reminds me of? It's like, um, it's like when celebrities start doing a lot of drugs and you can tell they're like going down the wrong path. And you can tell they're already digging themselves a little hole. Yeah. That's what he's doing. That's oh, what he's doing. Yeah, no, easily, easily. This this will be a fun Can't turning point. Can't wait to see point. his apology tour. Right. <laughs> All right, so uh, next next topic here. Do you feel bad for Cody Parkey? So Cody Parkey is the kicker for the Chicago Bears who, like, towards the end of the season, hit the Ooh. upright four times in <laughs> one game. And if you thought that wasn't bad enough, I believe it was like the week after that that he missed a game-winning potential field goal against the Dolphins down in Miami. Oh, yeah. And then after that, that missed another field goal against the Vikings where he also hit it off the upright. And then if you think that's not bad enough. So this guy is in the wild card playoffs. Bears are at home facing the Eagles. So... Comes out, 43-yard field goal, a chip shot for most kickers in the NFL. And he goes to kick the field goal the first time, and he drills it right down the middle. Easy. No questions asked. But the Eagles coach had taken a timeout, which (laughs) means he had to kick it again. And so he goes to kick it again, and he hits it off the upright Again, classic Parky fashion, and then it hit off the crossbar, and they it had bounced out, and they lose. They lose to a dude who found a way to do the most improbable thing ever and hit the cross and hit the upright six times (coughs) in one season. Yeah, and I mean, the guy's not starting off like in a great place. He already has a name that just sounds like someone who would get bullied. Cody Parky. Cody Parky, what you doing, Cody Parky? No, not, um, not the best. Not the best look for Cody Parkey. It's like you are a kicker. You have literally one job. Yeah, like, you got one job, dude. It may be a high stress job because you don't get to practice beforehand. No. You just got to just go out there and do it. But at but some still. point, he must have done this well, right? Right, or else you wouldn't have a job. Or he wouldn't be at this level of echelon, like 
They don't just pull people into the NFL all willy-nilly. Yeah. You have to have some kind of credibility. They're not just like, oh, look, two legs, no wood, no peg leg, good job. Come kick for us. No, it doesn't work that way. It, it, it's, it's sad. I don't feel bad for him. He had a really good job. He fucked it up. That's just hilarious. No, we, we, don't, we don't feel bad for Cody Parkey, but I wish him the best moving forward because who doesn't love a redemption story? Yeah. As you probably heard from my previous episodes on here. <laughs> Anyway, our final topic for today is should Robert Kraft be punished by the league for his uh, incident? Yeah, you know, ended on a real happy high note here with the sex trafficking story. (laughs) Um. So the details for this story is that Robert Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots, goes down to this random beat-up strip mall in Florida and goes to a massage parlor. Uh, for 12 minutes, I might add you, they, they had him clocked in and out, going in and then out within 12 minutes to get... Well, do you think he got the massage at all? <laughs> <laughs> the fastest hands on earth. <laughs> fastest hands on earth. But no, you know, in all seriousness, though, I mean, he, from what they can tell from this investigation... He was just going in there soliciting prostitution. Yeah, like you do when you're a billionaire for Which, some reason. Whether Why? or not you believe prostitution should be legal is a different story. You know, you can argue for it, you can argue against it, whatever the case may be. Some will say, you know, hashtag feminism. I say it doesn't really matter to me as long as Yeah, it's irrelevant in this case. Yeah, you know, you can go do whatever you want as long as, like, that person's willingly doing it. But the yeah. fact is that in this case, they were They weren't. Not it, wasn't, it, it wasn't sex workers. It was... People who were being there against People their will. who were being human trafficked. I mean, yeah. these were slaves, essentially, who were being brought in from other countries. Now, there's no proof saying that Robert Kraft knew that that was the case, but it's a really, really bad look for the NFL. No, and it's just, it's just sad on all accounts. Um, the NFL should definitely, he should be... 100% punished. And, okay, so we watched this video, too, with the Patriots fans defending him. And I just, I mean, I guess I haven't been to the East Coast, so I, I was blown away. I just, like, how can you be like, ah, no. Like, this one woman was like, ah, so he wants to, you know, mess around with a hooker. Why do I care? And I'm just like, no, that's not at all what's going on. It's horrible. He's having sex with, like, probably underaged women who are being held there against their will that can't even speak English. We don't know that they're underage well, they're probably, they can't they're speak fine. English, but the, the fact of the matter is they weren't there voluntarily. No, it's, it's messed up. And that up. should be the only part of the story that matters because everything else is kind of just immaterial. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things where uh, the Colts owner, Jim Ursay, got a DUI, and he got in trouble. He got to, like, pay, like, a $500,000 fine, which is nothing to a billionaire, I know. But And then um, the owner for the Panthers got into some issues with uh, sexual harassment in the workplace, and he ended up selling his team uh, because of this issue. Like, quietly asked to? Uh, it wasn't that quiet when it happened, but it, it did seem to get handled relatively quickly. I don't think there's... a any chance that Robert Kraft loses his team over this, but he should definitely have to pay some kind of fine and have to pay some, you know, have to be suspended. Has for he apologized at all at all for this? He's pled not guilty. Because <laughs> he's been officially charged with misdemeanors of soliciting prostitution. What? Two counts, because he went there on two separate occasions. No, I was just in there to get some oil. <laughs> like, what? Okay. Okay. 
Yeah. And you told me he went to Florida. The day just of the day of the, the AFC. AFC championship game. So he went there, did this, and then flew to Missouri the same day on his private plane. Like you couldn't have found a quicker pit stop for your bone. <laughs> like you were like, no, no, the only place, the only place that's got the good prostitutes is Florida. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't. You got tons of money. You need to find yourself some better hookups. It's like if every time, I don't smoke weed, but like if I did smoke weed, every time I go to buy pot, I go like three states away. No, find yourself a closer hookup, Robert. Like you're a billionaire. You're a billionaire. You got connections. It doesn't figure it out. It's just silly. Yeah, but we are officially moving on from that. When we come back from break, we're going to be talking about our next segment here today where Jasmine and I are going to talk about the bottom eight teams going into next year. Is your team one of the worst teams in the NFL? You're going to find out next. Hey, everyone. So just dropping in real quick to tell you about next week's episode. Next week. Next week, I'm back in charge, back in the saddle, and we are going to be talking about... A little something called RuPaul's Drag Race again. Uh, we will be reviewing season 11 episodes 1 and 2. Since I only get every other week, we got to do two episodes in one podcast. Um, so yeah, that's going to be super fun. Are you excited, Chucky? Yeah, tune in next week to hear our breakdown of the first two episodes. Uh, you can find us once again on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, if that's where you get your podcasts from. And we will see you then, cool people. Tune back in. All right, everyone. Welcome back from break. Thanks for sticking with us. As I stated in the last segment, today our main topic is going to focus on who are the best and worst teams going into the next 2019 season. So today, we're going to break down in two different segments here, the top eight and bottom eight teams going into next season, starting out with our bottom eight. So Jasmine and I have made a little list here of who we think the worst teams in the league are going (laughs) to be next year. So if you're a fan of one of these teams... I don't apologize because I feel like this is how it's going to be, but it might not be the greatest season for you going forward. So with that being said, I'm going to let Jasmine start off with her first uh, team from the bottom eight. Yeah, and, and you know, before I get going here, obviously I'm not like an aficionado here, so I'm just kind of going off of what I saw last year. I just started watching football. Last so, year. Yeah. Last year. Um, so I'm just kind of going off of that and like, what I've subconsciously gathered through ESPN being constantly on in our home. It's constantly on. It's literally never stops. So it's just a, yeah, that's what I've got here. I feel like I've got a pretty good idea of things, though. So um, my number eight, and uh, I apologize for this because I know this is not necessarily, like, a very popular opinion, probably. But I I put them in the number eight. You know, they're going to be bad, but they're not the worst for sure. I picked the Broncos. Um, As I know from listening to sports, they're getting rid of their um, quarterback, Case Case Keenum, Keenum, and they're giving him to 
the Redskins. Redskins, and he wasn't good. So they're like, okay, let's get a new quarterback. So they decided to go with Joe Flacco, which I don't even remember the Ravens doing literally like anything last year. So I don't think that's going to be very good either. Now they benched this guy. Yeah, so like why you – that's what you went for? Like the Broncos had to have had like a good – like a decent draft pick, right? Like couldn't they just have tried to get a quarterback in the draft or something? Well, the problem I think is that the draft class is kind of weak for quarterbacks this year. Oh, so yeah. there's not a whole lot of potential coming out as there have been in other years. They said it's probably the worst quarterback draft class they've seen in a long time. Ooh. Yeah. Eek. But – with that being said, my number eight team going into next year. But before I start with my number eight team, I got a couple honorable mentions here. Who oh, just, okay. Who didn't quite crack the Spring top or me. the bottom eight, but they were right there. Um, are the Lions and the Giants, both of which I feel like aren't going to be in the bottom eight this year. But I feel like they're both. We just want to say they kind of suck. They kind of suck. Just want to make sure people know we don't like them. Matthew Stafford might put up great fantasy numbers every year, but they never really translate to wins. And Eli Manning's on his way out, and everyone kind of knows it. But I feel like Saquon Barkley and that defense will do enough to keep them in enough games where they'll probably finish like 6-10. and 10. But with that being said, my number eight team is the Redskins. And the Redskins Ooh. have a pretty good team last year. I mean, they weren't too bad. But when Alex Smith got injured, you know, they were like 6-4, and four, and then they just kind of bottomed out after that. I think acquiring Case Keenum is going to help them kind of like keep it afloat, but... Once again, like the Giants, I don't think this team really goes above 6-10. and 10. They just don't have enough, especially in that division where the Eagles and the Cowboys <laughs> are really strong, and I just don't feel like they're going to be able to compete with them. No, so. with the Eagles. No, I mean... Not with the Cowboys either. No. <laughs> so, yeah, that's our, those are our number eight. Um, going on to number seven here, I put the Browns on number seven. I, I, I am full on the um, Baker Mayfield train. I think he's great, but you... You know, there's only so much you can do. It's still the Browns, guys. Everyone was super excited that they even got a tie last year. This is the like, same fan base that still celebrates when they get first downs. Yeah, so I mean, like, it's still the Browns. Let's not get too crazy excited here. They're not going to be, like, jumping up into the top of the ranks here. So I still have them hanging out in the bottom. Um, but, I mean, you know, they're they're near the bottom of the bottom. So they they'll probably do all right, but... Yeah, I decided Browns for number seven because they are still the Browns. They are still the Browns. And for my number seven, I have the Raiders because the Raiders looked dysfunctional as hell last year. You had John mm-hmm. Gruden coming in, who's supposed to be this great quarterback, quarterback whisperer. And him and Derek Carr just uh, didn't really mesh whatsoever. Derek Carr actually looked worse than what he did when Jack Del Rio was the coach. But what if they get Antonio Brown? If they get Antonio Brown, that doesn't fix the fact that the quarterback didn't look good. He didn't look <laughs> bad because he didn't have anyone to throw to. He looked bad because he didn't know what was going on in his own offense. Fair I enough. mean, at the end of the day, the Raiders look like a huge jumbled mess. And until I see otherwise, as far as I'm concerned, they'll probably continue to be a mess. I mean, they don't even know what stadium <coughs> they're playing in this year. <laughs> so as far as I'm concerned, from top to bottom, that organization's treading water. Fair enough. Moving on to number six, I picked the old Buccaneers. Um, you know, Buccaneers had a good start last year, and when I was I was first starting off watching football, it was the first thing I saw. I was really excited about them, and you were like, "Oh no, no, just you wait. Like this is this is a thing." Temporary. And I was like, "Okay," um, but no, they they are making my worst list because I like little Fitz Magic. I thought he was cool. He was funny. He was entertaining. 
Um, but they aren't, he's not their quarterback. It's Mr. Fucking Gropey Boy or Rapey Boy, whatever his name is. Jameis Winston. He doesn't need a name. He's a fucking dirtbag. They got a new coach this year by the name of Bruce Arians, but I feel like that's actually going to make the team a little bit worse, but we'll save that for a little bit later. Yeah, no, the Buccaneers, I think they had a little 15 minutes of fame, but they went way down after that, and I think that it's going to take them a while to get back up. And my number six team is, echoing off what she said earlier, is the Denver Broncos. Broncos. The Broncos have a great defense, and I feel bad for the likes of like Vaughn Miller and some of the other guys on that defense who are really good. I feel like this is going to be a, a mid-2000s Ravens-esque team where the defense is dominant and you were just hoping for any shred of an offense. But trading away Demarius Thomas and having to rely completely on Emmanuel uh, Sanders... And then having Joe Flacco come in, who, need I not remind you, Joe Flacco is just garbage. I mean, (laughs) this guy hasn't produced anything of any substance in the last six years. And John Elway, this guy's supposed to be like a quarterback whisperer, he also is like just picking up one just like mediocre quarterback after another. I mean, I just don't understand the logic here. Joe Flacco is not going to be a good fit in Denver. The Broncos are going to be terrible this year. There you have it. Broncos are going to suck. Moving on to number five here, I picked the Ravens. Um, I don't know why. I guess I just don't like them. Um, (laughs) No, I mean, they're getting rid of their quarterback, so that means they're going to have to find a new quarterback. Well, they got Lamar Um, Jackson. Okay, who? Exactly. (laughs) Lamar Jackson didn't look that great last year. I mean, he had some games that they won because... Like, he could run really well, and, like, other defenses couldn't figure out how to keep him from running, but he's not the first quarterback who, you know, eluded some defenses because like, he knew how to run. That's not sustainable. you got to be able to throw, baby boy. Yeah, it's not sustainable. Like, Every other running quarterback will tell you that. Michael Vick will tell you that. Robert Griffin the third will tell you that. I mean, you have to learn how to throw, and from what I could see, the guy couldn't throw. Yeah, so, I mean, and they're, they didn't even get real... It, I don't know what they're going to get for their trade for Joe Flacco yet, but, like... I don't think the Broncos are giving him anything too great for it. I don't think they're getting, like, a first draft pick or anything. Just, like, maybe some no. mid-draft picks. Well, at the end of the day, the NFL is predicated on how good your quarterback play is. And if you got a guy who can't throw, I mean, you're only going to go so far. So we'll see how the offseason yeah. turns out for the Ravens. But Yeah, not, not feeling super stoked on them. No. My number five team is the Miami Dolphins. I do apologize for my one friend who's a Dolphins fan who might be listening in right now, but your quarterback situation is a dumpster fire. You're a little hairy. Uh, Does anyone know what's going on in Miami? Does Miami know what's going on in Miami? They don't know if they're keeping Tannehill, drafting a new quarterback, as I've been hearing through the pipeline. Is Brock Osweiler still down there? Does that even matter? I mean, they play in the worst division in football. And I feel like they're still going to stink it up. I mean, at the end of the day, if you are below the Jets in your own division, you have a problem. See, they didn't make my worst list because I just like Dolphins. And I just think they, I don't know, I like the colors. I like like them. They're cool. The turquoise just got her eyes. But I'm just trying to be a little more realistic here. Pretty colors. If the Dolphins win more than four games, I'll be impressed. All right. All right. I think the Dolphins, Dolphins are going for it. Um, anyways, moving on to number four, I picked, uh, the Raiders. They made it up a little higher on my list because 
they just were so bad last year. They were really bad. They were just really bad. So, like, when I was making my pickums, I don't think I picked the Raiders to win ever. So, of course, they're going to be on my list because, uh, yeah, they sucked. And, they, I mean, I can't, I can't think of anything that you can do that much that will, like, improve you enough. Like, yeah, you could get Antonio Brown, but, like, you know, he's going to be too busy taking his selfies and being a big chest baby boy. Oh, yeah. Like, he, he's not going to, like, save a team. He's just a running back. Like On top of the fact they play in a tough division. You know, yeah. they play in the division with the Chargers, who they'll probably lose to twice. And they play in this division with the Chiefs, who they'll yeah. definitely lose to twice. So it's just like they're just screwed. Um so yeah, I put them I put them pretty high up on my bottom list. Yeah, no, I can understand that. For number four, my list, once again, we're talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um I'm going to go a little bit further on this one than what Jasmine did a few minutes ago. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers getting Bruce Arians as their new head coach. They thought that bringing him in, he'll be able to figure out a way to work with Jameis Winston. The fact of the matter is that if you ever watch Jameis Winston play, you realize the guy just can't play. He might have been good in college. He might have won a Heisman Trophy, but we all know that Heisman Trophy winners don't always equate to a good play in the NFL. This guy looks absolutely terrible. I mean, some of the games he came in last year when they were doing the back-and-forth carousel thing with him and Fitzmagic, he would come in the game and immediately throw an interception to a dude who was wide open. Like, the guy on the defense, he threw it to, there was nobody from the Buccaneers around the guy. He just threw it directly to him. Just like, no, and you can't fix that. You can't fix just idiocy. So uh, the Buccaneers got no shot. Deshaun Jackson wants out of there, so that just leaves him with Mike Evans to Plus, throw to him. It's offense. just shitty and shady that they are still like supporting him. They should have fucking fired him. Or something. Cut him. Cut him. Yeah, yeah. it's it's just gross. No, I don't like it. The Buccaneers are not a team that if I mean, I doubt we have any Buccaneers fans listening to this, but if there are, just get a new quarterback. Figure it out. I mean, that's what you really need. Yeah, my number three, moving up to the top three, bottom three, I guess. <laughs> um, my number three, I picked the Jets um, because they have this little Sammy Darnold boy, and I think he's just a little puss, and <laughs> I don't think he's ever going to amount to anything more than being a little bitch boy. Yeah, and, you know, as we said in our last They put episode, everything into him. They did. They really did. Yeah, you know what? He had some flashes here and there of being a good player, but as you said in our last episode here, uh, you know, the Jets uniform. Yeah, they're just a pharmaceutical freaking baby Green Bay Packer wannabe bitch boys. Yeah. I just, I guess I hate the Jets. No, the Jets don't really look the greatest in the world. I mean, once again, they're playing in that division, the AFC least. And yeah. I mean, you would think that they would be pretty good this year, and they might be, but as of right now, Darnold doesn't look like he's really ready to take that next step, and until he's ready to take that next step, I mean, the Jets don't really have a whole lot going for them. They don't have a great defense. They don't know what's going on with their running back position. All of their wide receivers are no-name people that you probably could have pulled off the street. I mean, yeah. I mean, New York is kind of like, it's not a great place for football this year. No. No. No, sir. My number three team is going to shock some people. Probably my uh, good friend if he does listen to this podcast. Uh, I think number three, my bottom three here, the Tennessee Titans. Ouch. Now, this may come as a surprise to some people here, but I'm going to make this argument really quick. The Tennessee Titans under Mike Vrabel 
were vastly improved on defense. I mean, you could when you watched them play last year, you felt like you were watching a legit team. They had good wins against Philly, against Dallas. They played competitively against the Colts, against the Texans. So you're asking yourself, why are you putting them in the bottom three, Chucky? Yeah, what the heck? What gives? Well, here's the thing. As the theme of this segment right now has been how good is your quarterback and equating that to how good your team is. For one, Marcus Mariota has never been a strong quarterback, ever. Plain and simple. You can argue like, oh, he wins games, this, that, and the other. Okay, he might have won games, but he didn't win games where you were impressed with his like quarterback play. And you take into account that with the fact that he's been having these ongoing like elbow issues in his throwing arm for the last like few games of the season, which actually kept him out of their essential play-in playoff game against the Colts last year. This lingering issue is going on all off season. Can't be messing with that weenus, baby. And I just don't think that he's going to come back from this. I really don't. I think Marcus Mariota, if he does find a way to physically come back from this, which I don't think he will, I think he's mentally at this point, a little tainted by all of these issues that he's been having. Damn. He's been having some injury problems, and when he's not having injury problems, he's just not been playing that well. I think it's going to be a really bad year for Marcus Mariota, and I think that the Titans, at the end of this season, will be thinking about moving on from him. Oof. Bold, bold calls. All right. Hot takes. Hot takes here. Um, not a hot take. My number two is the Cardinals, because I think we all know they suck. Um, so, I mean, they were terrible last year. I mean, they had the number one pick in the draft this year for a reason. Yeah, yeah, which, I mean, what are they going to do with it? It doesn't sound like there's really, like, some kind of savior available in the draft for, like... They think that Kyler Murray might be a savior, but they're not even sure if they're going to draft him or not yet. Yeah, I mean, they they could trade or something, you know? Yeah, they might trade for extra picks. They need something, um, so let's we'll see if they can make some good decisions and kind of try to stack their team a little bit with all those picks and all the pity they have, but um, I don't really think it's going to be enough. They just suck a big bun. No, not looking like the greatest team in the world, and speaking of not the greatest team in the world, my number two team here is going to be the Buffalo Bills. Oh, I did not put them in my bottom at all. Fool's gold is what I would refer to for Josh Allen, the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. And I feel bad about this because the Buffalo Bills, I feel like, have a legit decent team. I feel like they're good on defense. They have a great Yeah, crowd. they have some good Their defense. Their fan base is legit. I feel like they got a real like home field advantage when you go play in Buffalo. The running back situation isn't the best, but you know I feel like that legal situation with LaShawn McCoy still isn't over yet, so he might not be around the entire season. That's yet to be determined. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, the Buffalo Bills moved on from uh, their quarterback that they had the year before. I'm forgetting his name right now, but he went to go play in Cleveland. And the problem that a lot of people in Buffalo had with the previous quarterback was that he was more of a runner and not a thrower. So they wanted to Trade go alert. out they wanted to go out and get a quarterback <laughs> who had a good arm and was a legit quarterback who could actually make the throws necessary to have a better offense. And they thought they were getting that with Josh Allen, but as the season went on, you couldn't help but realize that Josh Allen was just a quarterback that could run really well, 
but couldn't make the throws. It felt like hmm. deja vu. And I'm just like, wow, okay. So you went out and got a quarterback who's actually a worse runner than the guy previously, but has a stronger arm, but is less accurate. And yeah. you think this is going to be the answer. I don't think this is going to be the answer. I feel like defenses are going to catch up to this kid real quick and force him to be a pocket passer. And he's not. So the Buffalo Bills, while I feel bad about this, you're going to be in the bottom two this year. Dang, son. My number one, which is maybe controversial, I don't really know. Um, I just don't like him. So the Redskins, um, they can't seem to hold on to a quarterback to save their lives. So, I mean, that was terrible for them last year. They, They had how many people get injured? They went to their third reserve. Yeah, they right. Yeah, Colt McCoy got injured after Alex Smith, and they had to bring in Mark Sanchez. Just sad. And Mark Sanchez and his butt fumble self couldn't hold on for that long, so they had to bring in a dude named uh, I think Justin Jackson. I, I might be getting yeah, that some wrong. guy who like doesn't even play. He hadn't he, played in years, and just he was hangs at home out. just hanging on a couch. Yeah, right. They had to just like call him in and be like, "Hey, can you make it to the game?" <laughs> yeah, so that, that was incredible. And, he, and when he showed up, he actually didn't do too bad, but, like, there was a reason why he was unemployed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, I mean, they're getting Case Keenum, which... We'll see. I, whatever. We'll see. Redskins suck. Yeah. So, you have the Redskins being the worst team in the league next year. That's fair. I mean, in all honesty, that very well could be the case. My case is going to be the lead, well, the most obvious case ever. Just playing it safe. Uh repeat Arizona Cardinals. Uh, they're going to be the worst <laughs> team in the league next year. And this is basing totally on the fact that I think that they're going to not take Kyler Murray. If they take Kyler Murray, I will redact this statement later on and say that they'll have a better okay, season. Okay, giving yourself a little window there. Giving myself a little window there. I think <laughs> Kyler Murray, while not going to be a special quarterback, I think his talent is enough to catch defenses off guard and have them win a few games to keep them from the absolute bottom. Fair enough. They'd still be in the bottom eight, but I don't think they'd be the bottom bottom. So my take on this is that I think they'll be the bottom because Josh Rosen may just be one of the worst quarterbacks to enter the NFL in the last five years. Fair enough. And they'll make some stupid decision during draft time. I don't care who you bring in. I don't care if you bring in Peyton Manning to be this guy's quarterback (laughs) coach. Josh Rosen is not a good quarterback. He's cocky. He's arrogant. He was cocky coming out of UCLA. He was upset that he got picked 10th, which as far as I'm concerned, he should have been picked 100th. But, (laughs) you know, he comes in, and you have one of the best wide receivers in NFL history on your team in Larry Fitzgerald. Like, you basically just have to throw it, like, within five feet of this guy, and he'll jump through the roof to get it. He's an absolute monster. And... You, time after time after time, just could not get the ball to this guy. And, you know, defenders of the Cardinals will say, like, oh, well, they didn't have a great offensive line. Well, at the end of the day, I'd say about 20 of the 32 teams in the NFL don't have great offensive lines. But quarterbacks still find a way to figure it out. You know, just comparing him to his contemporaries, I mean, he was marginally better than Lamar Jackson passing. And that guy isn't even a passer. So Josh Allen looked better than him. Sam Darnold looked better than him. (laughs) Baker Mayfield definitely looked better than him. So, and you can't tell me that Baker Mayfield had a better, like, offensive, you know, strategy going on up there. He hated his offensive coordinator. Yeah, no, so he made it work. He made it work somehow. Right. So the the fact of the matter is, like, you're just not a good quarterback, dude. I don't think you're going to be a good quarterback. You might be if you got a chance to sit for a year or two, but... 
if they throw him back out there next year, he's going to stink it up. The Cardinals are going to stink it up. I mean, their best players went off that team. Patrick Patterson or Patrick Peterson, you know, tried to get off that team last year, but they kind of convinced him otherwise. Yeah. It's not really a hot take. It's just an obvious take. The Cardinals will be the worst team in the NFL next year. That's my final statement. Boom, bitches. What's up? When we come back from break, we will be talking about the top eight teams going into next year. Yeah. Come right back. Hey, everyone. Just wanted to check in with you really quick and just take a second to thank some other podcasters who have checked out our podcast and gave us some kind of like tips and tricks. Yeah, some reviews, some help, some feedback. So yeah, all five of these podcasts have been really great and we think that you should go check them out. So we're going to give them a quick shout out really quick. The first one here is Don't Touch the Bugles podcast. These guys are pretty funny. Definitely check them out on Apple Podcasts. Nice. I wanted to give a quick shout out to the Say It Ain't So podcast. Also again on Apple Podcasts. And then these two lovely ladies, Amanda Epstein and her co-host, it's the It's Not Me, It's You podcast. Really funny where they talk about dating woes and red flags and all that such. Great for single women. <laughs> um, and my last shout out is the STS Guys podcast. Um, it's really cool, really entertaining to kind of talk about a variety of things, nerdy stuff. Definitely check them out. And lastly, we wanted to thank the Man Cave Life. Uh, he was the first one to come on and kind of check us out, gave us some great tips about what we should do with our audio. Really appreciate it, guys. Thank you for taking the time to check us out. We hope that our listeners will check you out. See you next time. Welcome back from that last break. You are Hello. here with Chucky Shetta. Yes, that's who you are. Um, and I'm Jasmine, normal, nice name. Yep. Welcome back again. Now, this segment will be breaking down our top eight. Top eight. Going into next season. Who are the best teams going into the next NFL season? Here's what we think starting off right now. Jasmine, hit them with your number 18. All right, so uh, last episode we talked about the uniforms. I got a little bit of hatred for the Texas people. I was a little mean to them, so I wanted to get you guys in on this top list. I put the Texans as my number eight. Um, I don't know. They were pretty consistent all year last year. Like They were, they were definitely one of those toss-up teams that I often picked as like a quote-unquote upset, and they, I like them. They did make the playoffs. They look like they have a bright future ahead of them. Um, Deshaun Watson, I feel like is going to be a good quarterback. If he just uh, keeps, like, getting a little bit better each year, I think he'll get there. He's got some natural raw talent. But more or less, they've always had a good defense. They'll continue to have a good defense. And they added Demarius Thomas from the Broncos alongside of um, got Hopkins, their wide receiver, who may just be a top five receiver in this league. Those are all the reasons why I picked them, not just because I was thought I should be nice to the Texas people. Texans are a good team. Though. <laughs> That's a legit pick. Um, before I get into my top eight, I got a couple honorable mentions. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, teams who fall right outside the top eight that I don't think are going to make to the top eight, but will still be pretty decent this year. Uh, one of them will be the Texans for all the reasons that we just Come spoke on, about. Come on, top eight. Not in the top eight, though. And my other honorable mention is the Steelers. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we'll take a step back this year, but we'll still compete because they have Steelers a legit offense. Lame. So with that being said, my number eight team is the Dallas Cowboys. Blech. The Cowboys defense from last year was real. Um, I feel like that defense will continue to get better this year. Uh, you'll actually see a little bit more aggressive play calling, I feel like, from Jason Garrett. Not that he runs the defense, but just from an overall perspective, I think the Cowboys are going to be more uh, aggressive in general because Garrett's going into his contract year. He knows that if he doesn't show up this year, that he'll probably Ooh. not get a renewal of his contract from Jerry Jones. So I feel like the Cowboys need to go to the NFC Championship game in order for him to keep his his contract. Watch out for the Cowboys this year. I think they make the playoffs at least 10 wins. How's it feel saying nice things about them? I'm trying to be objective. I mean, <laughs> I think they'll be the wild card team. I don't think they'll win the division, but you know, still, no, I think they get it. They get it. They're a legit team. All right, all right. My number seven next up is the Falcons. Ooh. Um, and I remember there was a reason for this. Uh, don't remember what it was. I like their uniforms. No. Oh. Um, just kidding. Uh, no, they were they were good last year, I think. And didn't they do some sort of trade thing? No, no, they haven't had a trade going on here. But I feel like the Falcons, the beginning of their season, they went like, they got like one and five, I feel like, or something along those lines. But every single one of those games they lost was by like a touchdown. Where like yeah. their offense was putting up 30 points or more a game, but their defense just sucked. Which is surprising, seeing as how their coach came from Seattle and he was supposed to be this defensive guru. I feel like the Falcons get it turned around this year, though. I hope so. Yeah. My number seven team is the Chicago Bears. Nice. Now that they have a new kicker, they should have, uh, they <laughs> they should could have less issues than they used to Losing games by three points. Mitchell Trubisky isn't the greatest pass in the world, but he has something that most young quarterbacks don't have, and I feel like what that is is like he seems to remain calm under pressure. You know, you got the yeah. eyes of millions of people in Chicago watching you at home and thousands of people watching you in the stands, and Chicago's a hard place to play. I feel like the kid doesn't get rattled that easily. He's not the greatest thrower right now, but that team overall is pretty solid around him, and I feel like they will find a way to get better this season. Expect them to be back in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, by number six, number six is the Jaguars, mainly because it seems like they're going to get a little baby Folsy boy. Um, and I like Nick Foles. I think he's great. Um, he's, you know, he's a, he's a nice little dude. Um, who's old and not a little dude, but with a family. Old. He's like in his 30s or something. He's early 30s, yeah. Yeah. No, he's 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 a good guy. And I think the Jaguars had a really good defense last year. And, like, with just that's all they really need is a good quarterback to kind of push things for him. It's a hesitant, but I'm going to just – I'm going to bank on fulls. I'm going to say they're going to be good. You know, I don't think they even need to have a – a good quarterback. They just need to have a quarterback who could make some plays. That defense was good enough to where if you could just score like 20 points, they probably would have been to the playoffs easily. Oh, yeah. But Blake Bortles is trash, and it's a good thing that they're, you know, 
putting him on the bench or on the unemployment block or promoting him to customer, whatever they want to do there. Um, <laughs> promoting him to customer. So That's cute. Yeah, I don't have the Jaguars in my top eight, but I can see that they are probably going to trend up. I got, you know, I got money on Foles. Not actually, but figuratively. <laughs> my number six team is the Falcons. Um, I feel similarly the way you do. I feel like they are so potent on offense that, Honestly, they just need to figure it out on defense, and I feel like this year you're going to see them in the draft bring in some pretty good defensive talent. That defense will get better. That division is suspect right now. Uh, New Orleans might have a hangover. They might not, but Carolina and Cam Newton's injury issues kind of leave the Panthers a little vulnerable right now. I already know that I think the Buccaneers are going to suck. I think the Falcons have a really easy path to get to 10 wins and be a wild-card team this year. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Um, Number five, I put the Chicago Bears. I put them a little higher than you. Um, They were a really good team last year. You know, they were in the playoffs, and they only barely lost because of their stupid kicker. So, I mean, they – I feel like if they had a better kicker, which they are now because that little baby boy is gone. He is in the – McDonald's, flipping burgers. I don't know what he's doing. He's probably living off the money he already had. Um, He's probably fine. But, yeah, no, I think once they get a kicker, they're going to be just fine because they only barely lost the games they lost, and it's mostly his fault usually. Yeah, no, Chicago was looking pretty good last year. Number one defense across the league. They had two great running backs. It sounds like they might trade one of them, so we'll see what they get for that. But Chicago should be pretty solid this year. For sure. So... My number five pick is going to be the New Orleans Saints. The Saints? The Saints are going to come raging back the first few weeks. Uh, you should expect that right from the get. I wouldn't be surprised if they go throughout September 4 and 0. Um, well, depending on what the schedule looks like. We haven't seen the schedule come out yet. But I feel like what they have going for them is a really underrated defense, the Saints do. Um, you're going to see more... Well, more like spotlight being, sh- you know, shined on them as Drew Brees probably is going to be less of a threat with his arm this year. And they also have two dynamic running backs who play well off of each other. Yeah. And when you can, I mean, in football may be changing a lot uh, over the last decade or so. But what hasn't changed is if you have a good defense and you can run the ball well, you can control a game. And the Saints have that formula. I don't think it changes that much this year. I expect them to win the NFC South and go back to the playoffs. Boom. Number four, you got to have them in there somewhere. So I guess why not? Uh, I gave the Patriots number four because they got to be up there, and but I don't like them. So there they are, right there in the middle. But I'm, I'm a, I don't think Brady's making it to the Super Bowl this year. No, no way. I don't think so? No, no. No, he won't. No? He will not. He um, is just, he's just too, I don't know. His, his daughter's going to have her period and to go through this whole thing. I don't know how old his daughter is. She, he's going to have emotional drama at home and he's not going to be able to focus. Um, or he maybe he is going to go on a trip and have a breakthrough and realize he doesn't like football anymore. I don't know. Something's going to happen. No more Brady. I'm sick of him. Okay. He's going to break his pinky finger. So... Obviously, you are just going based on completely with Tom Brady here. I mean, obviously, they're going to do well. They always do. But So, four. Okay. 
So my number four team here is the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts? Colts. Seems like a wild card. The Colts are going to surprise some people this year. Uh, Andrew Luck, I'm not sure if he did win Comeback Player of the Year, but if he didn't, he definitely should have. Uh, He was doing good there at the end. Lethal towards the end of the season uh, with him at the helm. Their running game with Marlon Mack was really impressive. I felt like I should have drafted that dude on fantasy, missed that shot. And you know what? They're still, you know, I haven't seen the Antonio Brown trade go through just yet. I mean, I'm not sure if it already has. It could have happened while we were doing this podcast. Very possible. But, God, if he landed on Indianapolis, I mean, to go alongside T.Y. Hilton, that would be something. But the Colts' defense wasn't too bad either. Um, I feel like you wouldn't know it from the way they played against Kansas City uh, in the playoffs last year. But I feel like the Colts are going to be a team that are going to most likely win the AFC South and go back to the playoffs. I think 11 wins for the Colts. Okay. Look at you throwing down the numbers. Gauntlets. Um... (laughs) So my number three, getting up to the top three, bronze medal. We will give that to the Eagles. Um, you know what they say, third time's a charm. So um, this year, Carson Wentz isn't going to get injured, and he's going to actually finally have his moment. And he's going to do good, and he's going to win their division because the Cowboys are going to just be busy picking their noses or something. Um, so the Eagles are going to win their division, and it's so not biased. Um, yeah, not an Eagles fan at all, totally. No, we're not Eagles fans. No, they haven't forced that upon me at all. No, no. I also have the Eagles at three, so I'm just going to finish the, uh, off this little thing by saying here that, uh, well, the Eagles did make the divisional round last year. It's not really a stretch to say that they won't get back there. People have issues with Carson Wentz as far as his health or his ability to lead the team correctly after how things looked shaky last year. But in all honesty, I mean, you know, as an Eagles fan, I got to watch every game. So I got to really sit down and break this team down. Their defensive line is the best in the NFL. I'll say that hands down, even with losing Jernigan. And it looks like we might be losing uh, Bennett as well. Yeah. Um, We still have the best defensive rotation. We go like seven or eight guys deep. They are all like lethal and pass rush. Our secondary is going to be not decimated by injuries this year. And our offense is honestly really, really, really good. I mean, even with our running back by committee, we are still pretty good on the ground game and the air game. Carson Wentz just needs to get healthy and get a little confidence back. I think And learn to pass to, you know, other people. As long as we don't shoot (laughs) ourselves in the foot, the Eagles should easily be an 11 or 12 win team. They should easily run through the NFC East. Heck yeah. So, with that being said, your number two team? Number two, I had put them a little higher than you. I gave it to the Saints. I think that that they were unjustly lost this last year. Oh, yeah. I mean, everyone agrees on that. I don't think that's a crazy sentiment statement to say at all. No, no. Um, And I hope they change the replay um, just format at this point because the fact that you couldn't go back and look at that is just ridiculous. I mean, so dumb. It costed them their season. Yeah. I mean, some players will never make it back to that point again because you decided that you didn't want to, you know, go try to change a rule in a moment. So, yeah. I mean, like, you didn't want to lose face so other people lost the chance to, like, have this giant milestone in their career. Exactly. And I think that if they would have gone on 
they would have been facing. They would have faced the Patriots, right? They would have faced the Patriots, and they would have. Won I think they would have won because Hands the down. Patriots sucked in the Super Bowl. <laughs> they were terrible. Yeah, the only reason they won is because they they got they did the most simplistic thing you could do. Which is, and this is the reason why I don't have the Rams in my top ten. I almost put them in my bottom eight. Ooh. Because sure. the fact that Jared Goff is such a mediocre quarterback that. Once the 15 seconds were done where Sean Payton, or not Sean Payton, but Sean McVay couldn't talk to him in his helmet anymore, that they would just change the defense immediately so that he'd have a whole new look to look at. That tells me that Jared Goff doesn't know how to read defenses. The number one thing you're supposed to do as a quarterback. And yeah. if anyone can do that to the Rams, you're going to tell me in one offseason that he's going to get better? No, he's not. And Drew no. Brees wouldn't have had that, you know, limitation. All right, all right. We're getting a little off topic no. here with no. your Rams speech. No. The Rams, we thought we were going to keep them out of this. We are not keeping them out of this. The <laughs> Rams, I cannot believe that Jared Goff is that bad. So, yeah, basically, Saints should have been in the Super Bowl. Saints should have won the Super Bowl. End of story. Well, I mean, it should have been the Saints. Anyways, no, not getting ahead of myself. But, <clears throat> gosh, I have a sore throat. Sorry, guys, I keep clearing it out. Um, so yeah, no, Saints number two, they're going to come back with a vengeance, they're going to have a return tour, and they're going to just smite the world. My number two team is the New England Patriots. Sorry. At the end of the day, there has never been a better game planner than Bill Belichick. You can call it Spygate, you can call it cheating, you can call it whatever you want to. The fact of it is, it doesn't matter, because at the end of the day, all 32 teams you know, whether or not one team is cheating or every team is cheating, they can all, like, find ways to bend rules or just do what they do. But this team, year after year, gets put in the perfect position with a bunch of no-name people who only become stars on the Patriots, and then when they leave, they're no longer stars. It happens all the time. It's just that system. Got magic over it's there. It's that system. Like, the Patriots just know how to win. They know how to game plan. They actually have smart people who work there. They go yeah. in and they study a, a team and they make a game plan for that team versus trying to create a game plan that will win every week. They're just smarter than the rest of us. It's just, it is what it is. Even with lesser talent, they still get the most optimal results. And it doesn't hurt that they play in the worst division of football. So they get True. a guaranteed six wins every year. True. And when they you know, fluky lose to the Dolphins occasionally, I just blame that on Tom Brady being old and not wanting to play in the heat. <laughs> when they lose he's to the going Dolphins through, He's having hot flashes, going through menopause. Yeah. But I think we, looking at our lists here, we both have the same team at number one. Which is a pretty easy one to guess. Yes. Patrick Mahomes, baby! Yeah, it's going to be hard to root against the Chiefs this year. Uh, if you don't pay attention to the NFL, the la or if you didn't pay attention to the NFL the last year, you didn't witness what that man did and kid is awesome he is incredible like I want him to come to like birthday parties entertain us just hang out maybe like go to the movies with him the best part is he's a really just humble good guy just a good dude there's not a shade of like arrogance coming off this kid no small chest no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's not mr big chest <laughs> no no the, the chiefs are going to be fantastic for years to come like if they can find a shred of defense that don't mean like a, they don't need a jaguars or a bears defense they just need like a middle of the road defense you can give them a yeah. detroit lion defense a san francisco 49er defense just give them any random defense. Just give them a little defense yeah if they can keep teams under 28 points the Chiefs yeah. are going to win every game. Like, that's how ridiculous this is. This Obnoxious. kid is on fire. And it's not 
like a gimmicky type thing like it was with like Colin Kaepernick or Robert Griffin the third or you know you know like anything like that where they just had one year where they blew up and then they just went away. Patrick Mahomes is a pocket passer. He makes his throws from in the pocket. He's actually a really accurate thrower. So his skills are not a fluke. No. They're not going to be going anywhere for a long time. The Chiefs are going to be relevant for the next decade, as long as like that kid stays healthy. I mean, him on top of Tyreek Hill, the guy that was a wide receiver, the fastest man alive, he might as well just be Barry Allen. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I hope they, he's keeping it, keeping up on his vitamins, you know, getting lots of rest. Yeah, Travis Kelsey, their tight end, he might as well play in the NBA. The guy's a freak athlete. So, no, this, this team's going to be good for a long time. Easily number one team. If they don't win the Super Bowl next year, it has to be because of injuries as far as I'm concerned because yeah. there's no team that can just flat out beat them. I feel, I feel like the only reason they lost the Patriots this year because Mahomes just wasn't, wasn't practicing enough. I mean, let's be real. No. It was his first season. That was your first season? Yeah, right. Give me a break. <laughs> okay, two or three years from now, it won't even be in competition. He'll be like, they'll be like the Warriors at this point. Heck yeah. In closing, we want to take a minute to ask our fans, you listeners there, what is it that you would like to hear us talk about here on Flip It and Reverse It? We're always looking for new ideas, looking for different topics that we can talk about. If you have an idea, please DM us on Instagram at my handle, ask underscore why underscore not, or at Jasmine. The real Jasmine Sherman. Um, uh, or if you just want to, like, talk to us. You know, we like friends. Yeah, talk to us. We both, we both have emails attached to our pages, so feel free to use that. You can email us any questions you might have about us, about the podcast. Feel free to reach out to us. Feel free to hit us with your suggestions for this podcast, some topics you might want to hear us talk about. Any we, questions you have about us? We'd love to hear from you. Alrighty, guys, that is our show for today. Thanks for tuning in to Flip It and Reverse It. Once again, my name is Jasmine Sherman, and you can find me on Instagram at the real Jasmine Sherman. And Chucky here. Yes, Chucky here is from the Ask Why Not page. That's ask underscore why underscore not on Instagram. Come find me on there. So next week, I'm in charge again. So we are going to be talking about RuPaul's Drag Race Season 11. Tune in wherever you find your podcasts. We are up on the... Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts. You name it, we got it. Please rate us. Please review us. Please subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. Yeah, we don't need your four-star ratings. We don't need that kind of hate in our lives. No. So, um, yeah, on that note, uh, let's get a final thought of the day from you, Chucky. Final thought of the day is... um, Breakfast sandwiches are highly underrated. We need more of them in our lives, as I found a really good one this week from this great place here in Missoula. Um, We need more breakfast sandwiches in our lives. People need to be delivering these things. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Tune in next week. Same time, same place.